Hustler, the show where we talk about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to hopefully someday hire a professional to press the record button for your podcast so you don't blow it and then have to re-record your entire episode months later. Right now. 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 But listen, that's not... That's not what we're we're, talking about. We're talking about the Muffin Man job. The Muffin Man job? The Muffin Man job. And also SAT prep. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And I'm Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to that guy you know from everything. He's an actor who has become known for playing weirdos, creepy neighbors, and socially awkward characters. So thanks to the pandemic, we get to safely interview him over Zoom. In reality, he is kind, funny, and dare I say, very cool. So we are incredibly fortunate to have him back on the show to talk about the other jobs that preceded his very long list of acting credits, including series regular roles on ABC's Cougar Town, Hulu's Quick Draw, and TBS's 10 Items or Less. So please, welcome to the show, the one, the only, Bob Clendenin! Yay! Hey, you guys. Hey! It's like it's the first time. Deja (laughs) vu. This is... I mean, you've literally been on every single show that I love that I watch, which is and, crazy. And some that you hate. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> but I've watched them all, and 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 hate them less because of it. Ah, uh, you guys are sweet. Thank you. It's, a, it's, it's delightful to see you. It's I delightful to see you too. I'm so happy we're back here. Yes. Are, are we going to fill them in on, on our false start or, or just let it sit there? I, I, I mean, I, feel like we should. I think we've we've tipped our hat a little too much to not show its <laughs> contents. Um, sh- shall I? OK, so uh, a couple months ago was the first time <laughs> the three of us got together for this little chat and it was delightful. It, it was, was so good. We were so funny. Oh my All gosh. Of One of the best shows ever. It really was. Best show ever. We and- wa- I mean, I think we were in the midst of saying that it was the best show we'd ever done <laughs> when we looked mm-hmm. up and noticed. A- no, when you looked when up. When I looked up and noticed that I had somehow <laughs> forgotten <laughs> to press the essential record button. And so subsequently, You're- I've been pressing record. Your face did a transition that I've never seen many faces do before. No. And I and, and I knew that there was a huge transition before you explained what had happened. Um, but I knew something was amiss. Oh no, you thought like I'd lost a parent. I did, yes. It was it was pretty serious. It was pretty drastic. I will tell you, last week I said to Bieber, um, Hey, can you give me the audio for the last Bob interview so I can? There's some notes I wanted. <laughs> Jason was like, "You asshole!" <laughs> you gotta rub it in. But I really, I, it, I wasn't even trying to be funny. Like I really was like, "Hey, give me those that audio so I, I have some notes." Yeah, and I'm like, "What? What? I mean, if why would we even be?" <laughs> I mean, it was just. It's one of those moments, man. Yeah, moments. Well, the way well, the way I excuse it in my own head is like, what we do is the talking part, and you know, we just haven't hired an intern yet for the button pushing bit. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna get that intern, intern yeah. producer. Yeah, that intern's coming. <laughs> I'm gonna find one on Fiverr. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what Fiverr's for. I just used Fiverr for the very first time in my life uh, last month. What'd you, what'd you use it for? I had a. Uh, it sounds, this is a terribly boring story. I have a signet ring um, there from uh-huh. my mother's side of the family. And my son has been toying with the idea of getting his first tattoo. And one of the things he he was thinking about doing is putting the family crest, making it the family crest. And so I commissioned four or five um, tattoo artists on Fiverr to look at this crest and do their own sort of take on it. Wow. That's awesome. Um, and it was really cool. And I spent probably a total of about $110 for, you know, maybe tw- each of them were $20 or something. And I got f- uh, three really good designs. Two were misses, but three were really good. Wow. That's not boring at all. That's awesome. It's um, actually pretty I, darn on topic for this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess, it, you know what? I guess you're right. It was. And I was really, really impressed. And the communication was great. And I was like, I got, I got to come up with more stuff too use this um this app for 
See, now I've used or I've tried to use Fiverr before, but for me, it was always like a bait and switch. You know, they draw you in with a $5 offer, but that can't get you anywhere close to what you actually need. But I think for this kind of what you were doing, I mean, you paid 20 instead of five, but that's not a lot more. Well, I I was also, I mean, there were some $5 artists, but I was, you know, they have little samples of their work and I was a little, I was trying to go a little more. um, Not Brighton Beach cartoon artist. Right, right. I could have got it for fifteen dollars, but I got, but I thought I'd go a little more higher end. But they were good. Yeah. Really Did he pick good. one? Did he end up? Is he going to? He do is it? not. He's still at school, so he's seen. He's seen the three. He's not done it. He's not putting any ink on his body. But we have the designs, and and he liked all three as well. So, uh, to to be continued. That's cool. What a cool kid. What a cool dad. Yeah. Right. Seriously, when my mom saw my first two t- tattoos, she freaked out. You guys. You know, Bob, you're all going to see his picture. You've already seen his picture by the time you're watching this. And you already know how super famous he is. You've seen him on everything. I mean, he's in all your If you turn on the TV, he's there. Like that, you can't get away from him. He's on everything. (laughs) Try try as you might. He's like the stalker you enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's your favorite neighbor. But before he made it as an actor, before living the life, as um, a character actor, as the next door neighbor, as the principal, um, as the blowfish, the blobfish. <laughs> blobfish, yes. <laughs> and before he played Edgar Allan Poe on Gilmore Girls, um, Bob had a job that many of us would have really liked to have. He was a muffin man. Yeah. <laughs> Make way for the muffin man. Here comes the muffin man. Yeah. So we should. Ex- I did. We should explain. That's when you got to LA. Uh, that was when I got to LA and I needed a survival job and I went to a temp agency as everybody did back in the 90s. We certainly did and the, as well. And, and the 2000s. Yep. And the 2000s. I don't, I, do they still exist now? I or think is they, everything just online? It's all Fiverr now. It's all Fiverr. It's, it's all Fiverr. Fiver. <laughs> yeah. Amazon is the, you know. Mm-hmm. When you go. No, I think Apple One still exists Apple, because yeah. I got an email from them. Let me tell you, I was signed with Apple One. Apple One, yes. There's Apple One and there was another one. The, the other one that's not Apple One actually got me my corporate job, but um, Apple One called me or emailed me two years ago and said, we have a job for you. And it had been... This has been 15 years 15 later. years. And I was like, uh, all right, let's go. Were they, on, were they on Ventura Boulevard, like every single yep. other temp agency? Yep. And existed? I remember the first time I went into them, there's a bank next to them. Do you remember that there used to be a bank next to Apple One on Ventura? Yeah, on Ventura near Sepulveda, somewhere up around exactly. there. Exactly. Yes. And I, the Comerica Bank, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and the yes. day I had my appointment, robbers had robbed the bank. And, you know, the, the, the bomb, the ink bomb and the money yes. sack was laying on the ground still and like, you know, other debris. But um, it was pretty funny. That's the most L.A. story ever. Happens to us all. Um, I, so I went to, and it may have been Apple one. I went to a temp agency when I got here and I got settled in an apartment. I needed a job and they placed me with a, the muffin, um, it's a, a company that had about four stores in Los Angeles, plus a lot of shipping and, and basket delivery called Mrs. Beasley's. Mrs. Beasley's. Yes. Mrs. Beasley's did a bang up business, but a lot of it for the studios and for agents and the industry, et cetera. And um, they needed uh, people desperately because they had a huge Christmas. Every Christmas starting around like October, November was when the muffin basket, muffin business really took off. So we should, we should tell them, okay, this is like really deja vu right now for me. But um, so we should preface this. So when you're an actor, um, you are sort of, it's unspoken, but it's written in every etiquette book, I guess, um, that you gift your agent, gift your manager, <laughs> gift any casting directors that have brought you in, gotten you callback, whatever, around these times and after you book a job. So you would be working with actors as well as, you know, industry people, casting directors, sending to studios and whatnot. Yes. Everybody's thanking somebody. Everyone's thanking. Everybody's thanking. And everybody's schmoozing somebody and trying to get in good with every single, you know, uh, showrunner that they can. And there's just a ton of baskets all flying all all over the shelves. And they they had those messenger services that would then, you know, the same ones that we used back then to, um, 
you know, deliver scripts and sides to people and, and things, you know, there, it was a huge business. Yeah. So, um, so I got hired by Mrs. Beasley's one no, October and the, I made a good enough impression. And back then, you, you know, you don't have to work very hard to make a good impression at some of those places. Oh my Lord. They are so <laughs> delighted when you can alphabetize like four things. So I made a good enough impression that they asked me to stay on during the course of the year. And they were very, they were uh, accommodating to, you know, whatever scant auditions I was getting. Um, and I worked my way up the, the muffin um, chain of command. Uh, and I stayed there probably for about two to three years. And they were cool with you taking time to go on auditions, right? Do I remember that correctly? They were, they were quite cool with it. Um, uh, especially because they were, you know, they wanted to hold on to good people. They, there was a big turnover in the muffin industry. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard about Big Muffin. <laughs> big Muffin. It's, <laughs> it's so funny because I worked at Starbucks, and you would think that that was a high turnover job. So when I got out here, I got I was working in makeup, and I was working at Starbucks. So I would go in at four thirty in the morning, and my shift would end at eight, and then at ten, I'd go to my makeup job. And um, oh my. I, Starbucks was great. You had to put in, um, I can't remember how many hours, but I got benefits from them and I didn't yeah. from the other job. So, you know, so it's like a 60 hour work week. And I would think that Starbucks had high turnover, but people clawed to stay in that job. And you have store managers that want to get rid of you and want to downsize, yeah. but you're like, no, I'll just take extra shifts. If you need someone to cover, it's fine. I'm going to be here forever, forever. <laughs> Cause LA is like that. Like you get in a good decent job and you're like i'm never leaving yeah uh, until, yeah until i get my series until i get my until series. i get my series right exactly and then i blow it all after the series get canceled and i'll be back in a year and a half right right <clears throat> or you walk into work and go i'm out of here motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> i never meant it when i said i liked you <laughs> oh that's so true um, so mrs beasley's and they they had a corporate office in north hollywood um, which is where I worked in the, the garden spot of the San Fernando Valley. Yes. The sun always shines on North Hollywood. Up there. I don't know if you've, if you had a chance to look around Sherman Way and Vineland, but it's, there's a lot of stuff happening up there. Um, so that was, that was job, that was job number one, uh, which I, which, <laughs> which taught me a lot. Oh, oh, I could tell my, I could tell my, uh, my parking story. Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this is good. So, because I'm, have, I'm sure it's good, I imagine it must be. It's all coming back, <laughs> coming now back to me now. Back. These are the notes I wanted. Or did you write the note like, make sure he does not tell that story because it's not, we're going to lose viewers? No, and I've just, I've just walked you right into it. I, so, they we had, uh, as I said, there was such an influx of new of, of of new hires in that in that October, November, December muffin rush that we needed some extra parking for all the additional employees that we hired for the phone center. And so I contacted the industrial, the big industrial building across from us um, who had a huge parking lot that didn't seem to have many people in it during the, the, during the daylight hours and asked them if we could use their parking. And they said, yes. And several weeks went by and it was all successful. And then the, my boss said, we should get, we should send them a little thank you basket, you know, put a, a big hundred dollar muffin basket together and you can walk it over there and thank them, which I did. And it's a big door with no signage and no real explanation for what happened. In there. Like a, like a warehouse out. style building. Yeah. It's like a big, like a windowless warehouse. And if Correct. you don't know North Hollywood, it's, um, you don't go knocking on the doors. You don't go knocking on doors. Well, mm, you could now, no. but. <laughs> but certainly, yeah. I mean, the fact that this was a broad daylight and we'd had some contact, maybe a little more comfortable, but it was a little, still a little nervous. Yeah. So knock, 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 and door opens, and it's a, a very um, put together, uh, but very attractive business woman with you know glasses and her hair pulled back, and I explained who I was, and she let me in, and. Uh, it turns out that this place was a very high-end S&M um, fetish parlor. And <laughs> was she dressed to work or was she dressed? She was dressed as, as if she, well, I don't know if she doubled for the, for whatever librarian um, or office fantasies happened on the second floor, but she was 
really put together. She could have been the primary receptionist at UTA. Wow. I mean, she was really together and, and very expensively attired. Um, and she said, would you like a tour of the place? And I said, yes, I would. Hey there, Makeup Paper listeners. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Share your love of the show with your family and friends. Be sure to tag us on social when you do. What was the moment that it dawned on you what you were walking into? Um, was the thing that, or did she just say, oh, we're an S&M club? Or did you see something where it like... It no, down, it was, it's, it's dimly lit in the, in the foyer. It's dimly lit and it looks like a reception area, but there was a far hall and I could see down the hall a, uh, a woman was crossing the hall in, I would say, non-business attire. <laughs> Okay. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it like a more of a like a leather stitch non-business yes. attire? No, her was one of those like it looks almost like um like you were trying to bridle a horse and it went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds right. Bridled okay. the wrong. You know, if, I don't know if you're familiar with that outfit. Yep. Yep. So. Um. And so we went around, and I am not joking. I did, I couldn't. I couldn't. There was a there was a surgical room, like an operating room. There was a huge nursery. With like oversized an oversized rocking chair, an oversized changing table, um, it was like it was a changing table that a six foot man could be in and still look like a like a toddler. It was wow. that, it was it was insane. Did they have a twelve foot tall dominatrix? <clears throat> <laughs> no, but that's a really good point. <laughs> that's a really really good. <laughs> unless, unless maybe they did a forced perspective and she stat, she stood in the front of the room yeah. and he stood at the back. Then yeah. it would look a little bit better. It's kind of a Gandalf um, situation going on. <laughs> Do you think she actually changed diapers? Absolutely. Do you think they I would, made I would, in yes, their diapers? I absolutely would. I'm sure they tried. <clears throat> oh, God, that's too dark for me. I think for for the right price, you could ask for anything that you wanted. At this place, and people um, pay the right price because. So, what do a uh, hundred dollars worth of muffins get you? About a four-minute tour. Um, Spin around the joint, first floor. And then of course, there was the there was the there was the the normal Tower of London stuff, the stuff that you would sort of expect. But the the nursery was the one that really threw me for a loop. Creeped you out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happens to you. Uh, in childhood in, in childhood to go you know what you know what would really turn me on right now god i hope it's not a socks thing i hope it's not a sock thing or a tight clothing it's a tight pajamas <laughs> although i think you're gonna look back and go oh the pirate hat yep, yep. it was right. that yep we it was right in front of us <laughs> the whole time <gasps> oh my god I mean, did she le- let you leave with a menu? Did they have a menu? Um, I did not get a menu. I didn't get a mint. I didn't get it. There was nothing. But she was very, very kind, very sweet, very appreciative for the basket. She said that the 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 girls would be in later and they'd probably um, be very thankful for them. Oh, that's nice. These must have been some serious high-end muffins. <laughs> I mean, when I yeah. think of a muffin, I'm like, I think of the stuff my... You don't remember Mrs. Beasley's muffins? I don't. It was good. It's top of the line. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's it was the. Like everything bunt cake or, you know, that. Uh, we did a bunt cake, but I mean, but they also, it was the the beginning of that real gourmet stuff where, you know, there were poppy seed muffins and lemon muffins yeah. and all sorts of, it wasn't just, you know, your, your normal brand. And like a really buttery muffin. top coat. That just Absolutely. Yes. Really good. Very were you tasty. working in the building where they were um, making them? Yes, and they also. This was also the the bakery as well. The wow. bakery and the phone center. It was all there at this one facility, and then they would send them down to the stores for either personal pickup or delivery out of the stores. Man, why didn't we think of something like that? One, because I'm a sucky baker. <laughs> True. True. Hurdle one. Yeah. But I mean, who who sits and thinks? Muffins. This town needs muffins. So you know Somebody what? who makes a mean muffin. Somebody who makes a good muffin. Yeah, that's so true. It's, but you know, you look at the figure, like, uh, who's the cookie guy? Uh, Famous Amos. And, oh, yeah. And Mrs. Fields. That's true. I don't think Famous yeah. Amos and Mrs. Fields could have made it today. I think the bar has been raised. They still are out there. No, though. they exist today because they already existed. But I think if Famous Amos cookies, they're like real dry. 
If those came to oh, oh, yeah, it was kind of a lame cookie given what you can get today. Exactly, get that's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were not the. Mrs. Fields upped the game a little bit, but I don't think that you're right. The famous Amos thing, that guy got away with murder. Well, I think, I think, you maybe know, literally today, that's why it's famous. Our, the cookies of today are standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> 12 foot tall. <laughs> That's um, so true. What cookie no, fam- are you thinking famous of? Amos is the Stella Adler of cookies. Well, I like Stella Adler. <laughs> um, listen, I like to put the famous Amos cookies in a bowl and put milk on it and eat it like cereal. It's cookie crisp. But no, cookie crisp has a wax coating on it if you want to because get Because it's real cereal. Right. Okay, you know what? This is an interesting segue. I was in <laughs> 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 This is. <laughs> Is it in a discussion slash argument earlier that somebody was telling me that there are people who put the milk in first and the cereal second, and I refused to Those believe are that. Insane. Is this new to you as well? Yes. Why would you do that? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. How do you are know you... how much milk you're going to need? Right. You got to yeah. pour milk until the cereal floats a little and then you stop. Yep. Yeah. It seems like, why would you screw with that at all? Except if there's milk left over and you pour more cereal in because you have extra sure. milk. Yeah. Now, do you, now, if you're super um, not into having, a, you know, a certain soggy element and you want, this would ensure all the stuff on top stays a little crispier. I mean, Perhaps. you don't have to like pour it in a circle around it. You usually find one entry point and you stick to it mm-hmm. and you pour through yeah. there. Yeah. I'm so glad our show has finally honed in our, our audience of potheads. <laughs> Guys, really... we're listening and we're catering to you. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Enjoy those chalupas, gang. Um, I'm going to make everyone puke for a second uh, because I just want to reiterate because I think it was – last time we talked to Bob that I got into a little bit of detail on my experience in going to North Hollywood, not North Hollywood though, North Hollywood adjacent sort of, where was it? What's the one that starts with a C in the Valley where they shoot all the porn? Oh, uh, Chatsworth? Chatsworth, which is sort of North Hollywood adjacent. Well, I was super quick with that answer. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's down the 118 exit. Uh, <laughs> sure. It's not down the 118. So Let me tell you which exit to take and where to park. Um, which is in a warehouse. You park in a warehouse. And I had gotten a job. So I had a friend who gotten a job through Apple One uh, as um, an executive assistant to a porn director. Because, yes. Wow. Even they, you know, staff for porn, too, at temp mm-hmm. agencies. And so she got me a job as a personal assistant to the porn distributor who was her had become her friend. So I didn't have to do anything with porn. I did his other business stuff like, you know, walk his dog, real business. Um, but I had to go to the warehouse to drop something off once. And I was like, I don't want the tour. I don't want the no, tour. No, I want this to be over. I wanted it, it to be over. But she's... But, <laughs> The woman was like, just come back. I just, it's at my desk. I need to give you something. And I did. And it's all these directors and it's their offices. So it's corporate, but it's like one long strip of offices on both sides. Like, you know, like as if you would go and rent an office for a day, but they didn't, this was their home, but there were big screens on, on the walls as you walked. And there was a lot of German porn playing. And I don't know if you've ever seen German porn. No, but that's going straight into the deep end. It's now we're talking Vessen porn. Literally it's, I had nightmares for a long time after that. I was like, I can't ever come back here. I, I can only do jobs in Sherman Oaks for you. Uh, my, I have one of my, my best friend from college, one of his first jobs, he should be on your show, uh, was he would write the, um, uh, the copy for the, um, for the V, the VHS, uh, tapes, porn tapes that they had, you know, this is the story of, and he was a writer and he had an English degree from Cornell. Do you think and- he'll be on our show? We have to talk to him. I'm not sure he wants this part. I mean, he's now a big studio executive, so I don't know if this is would be something he wants to relive. But Depends I can, how high I can up approach the subject. He's high up. If he's high he up enough, he doesn't care. Yeah. 
even better, he's gay. And so he was writing the copy for all this um, really um, B-level straight porn, um, which was just hilarious. That explains the disconnect. <laughs> and he said, you know, it was so interesting. I didn't go to visit him at work, but he, hearing him describe it, you know, it was so corporate. You know, everybody's in a little cubicle, in a little thing, and they're bored out of their mind, and they're watching just tape after tape, and they're writing these things down. There's there's absolutely nothing erotic about any of it. Yeah. Um, it's just such a... Um, just working a at the sex factory. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's how yeah. my friend that worked there that was the executive assistant, I mean, that's how she was. It, it was, for her, she didn't even see anything else. It was just, you know blinders on it might yeah. as well have been you know horror movie or something you know there was no there's right. no association to porn anymore because you work in this corporate environment sanitized desensitized yeah I think probably the only way to survive is for you for just to numb you and go you know what this is i just kind of close off this part of my day and 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 don't take it home and don't you know that's the only way to survive how now? Just just as a um, by way of comparison, how do you feel we're doing um, vis-a-vis show one versus show two? Do you think Ooh, we're on track? It should be a new segment on our show in general. Just like let's rate ourselves. How if we're halfway through? What how's this going? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's. I think this is good. I think this is. Special. I think it's very good. I, I think, think it's very special. strong. Yeah, we had. There's none of the awkwardness that was in that show, first show. Yeah, yeah, this is like a second date for sure. Yeah, I definitely yeah. prefer our second kiss. yeah (laughs) um which speaking of brings me to sats because um Mm. while we're wait before we get away from muffin man there was one more thing i actually wanted to ask you because when i was working for a talent agent i from time to time would slip my headshot in with some you know other submissions and try and like use leverage his marketing of his clients to market myself. And I realized you were kind of, I mean, it wasn't, ex- we'll call it parallel. You weren't doing the same thing, but you were sending stuff to all kinds of people in, in yes. positions of power who were in a position to help you. Did you ever um, utilize that job to kind of move your career forward as an actor? No, uh, I did. Uh, the answer is no, I did not, but there wasn't actually much, Opportunity to because um, all the close in the close cycle were people who were attempting to sort of suck up to agents or managers or producers, and so they were people um, that had no clout who were placing the orders. Right. And all I was doing was facilitating the delivery of the basket. I couldn't. There was you know I wasn't delivering them myself. I wasn't. There was nothing. I I couldn't put a headshot in the basket as it was going out so i didn't there was really no opportunity you to, like use your, sure discount, your employee discount to send your own suck yeah. out no 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 no. but it was, uh, i did send i did send just between us um i did send quite a few birthday cakes to friends and things with a <laughs> with, That's with sort awesome. of a what i called a steal one get one free uh plan that's yeah. good that's good that's good. Um, I'm glad you but did. That's, that's 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 all I that's all I did. I t- but I did I did learn a lot about how seriously people take this industry, and because I would get into screaming matches with people, you know, as I'm because I'm the one that's putting out fires in the customer service um, room, and so people are losing their minds because the basket that they sent to UTA was supposed to arrive at ten, and it arrived at ten fifteen, and I'm like, you can't. You, this muffin basket can't be that important to you. You you need to reassess, you know, your priorities. If this is this is the level of, um, uh, you know, level of severity that you're you're, you're putting on these muffins. Um, but it, you know, it's for for a lot of people. This was it was this wasn't these weren't gifts. Thank you gifts just for because I I like you and we're friends. These were like career moving moves. You know, which is oh. crazy to me because it's a muffin and I think. Well, it's a maybe, basket. But maybe you should have offered just cash to the person. <laughs> I mean, that's a move. Like, yeah. Hey. yeah. You know what's interesting to me? Hmm. The fact that um, Bob was an SAT tutor. <laughs> you and your segues. So, yes, there was my second my second other job, which I also did sort of cons- um, 
consecutively with Mrs. Beasley's. It filled in some other hours and um, was tutoring for the SAT for young, um, hungry high school juniors and and some early seniors. And it was a really good job. That was a good job for creatives. And I don't, I suspect that, I mean, I know all those operations still exist because my son just went, you know, used one mm -hmm. um, to help with, you know, some of, to navigate some of that college um, uh, assessment tests. But um, that was a really good, because we, the whole Princeton Review was made up of actors and writers and a couple of musicians, you know, but people who really wanted flexible um, schedules and were probably pretty sharp themselves and but um, hadn't really followed a real conventional career path so um, it was a good it was a good gig and I loved it and the pay was good and you could make your own hours and if you remember I think I don't maybe I didn't even bring this up last time I got two bribery offers oh crap I, yeah did I say did I, I say that to, last time yeah you said they asked you to take the test for them right yeah and this was back in the day I you know when I literally could have you know you could you just showed up in the old day, you know, 25 years ago, you'd show up and say what your name was and they'd mark and they'd check you off the list. I mean, now you fingerprint and you iris scan and do everything else you need to. But like now it's, um, but the, back then you probably could have. And I got two offers and I, th I know, remember one of them was $5,000 to take the test for this kid in, um, Bever in Beverly Hills. I do feel like this year you could take the test for somebody and just wear your mask. Uh, you don't have to take them this year. Oh, there's no test yeah. this year. And there, there, no, there's no test, and they're phasing them out um, as well, un, unrelated to COVID. I think schools are finally saying, you know, this isn't hasn't turned out to be the great measure of collegiate performance that we thought it was going to be. So we're going to start looking at some other different metrics. It only took like 75 years, right? <laughs> yeah, and and killed 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 the spirit of millions of children. Right, right. Made us all question all our choices in life and how smart oh, we yeah. actually are. Mm -hmm. You know what the the only good thing that we like are I'm I'm older than you obviously but like the generation before me those people had those um and they really were hideous the the tests that were going to determine what career you should have and you'd take it like yeah. in junior high or high school and they would say no you really probably should go into a oh yeah a career man, a manual labor field something yes something with a shovel <laughs> um you know or you'd be good in 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 retail mm -hmm. with a cash register, that would be a good job for you. You would be very good at taking care of children. <laughs> correct, correct. It's very hard <laughs> because you have long hair. But my sister, who's only two years older than me, um, and they didn't do it when I was in was a junior, but because um, I think she had like one of these like dinosaurs for a counselor in high school. <clears throat> yeah, and he made her take that test, and she was like. I know what I'm going to be, but he made her take the test. He made all of the students that he was counselor to take the test and it told her she should be a bus driver. My sister's like has a master's degree in education. She played in the junior Detroit symphony. She was a violinist and she was like, she drives but, I mean, the fuck out and of there's, bus there's nothing wrong with being a bus driver, but a junior who's taking, you know, um, college prep courses and like applying to university and to say, oh, this test says you should be a bus driver. So you should stop everything you're doing now. But it also makes me wonder how specific was the question that the answer comes back bus driver? Well, she said, she said, said, do you like to work with people or do you prefer to be alone? And I put, I prefer to be alone. <laughs> So that's why you didn't get bus driver. <laughs> you know, this test was brought to you by the Metropolitan Transit Authority. Eighty <laughs> percent of the people <laughs> apparently should be bus drivers. She would kill me if I told it because it really scarred her. I can't tell you how you know, like at sixteen years old, like she thought I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. I mean, not that that that's. Listen, bus drivers. I promise that's not what we meant. But when you tell a 16-year-old who has like a whole future ahead of them, just be a bus driver. I mean, right. there's yeah. something wrong with the program. Yeah, yeah. Bieber, are you, dare I say, fit? Thank you for noticing. Yes. Yes, I am. Move over, Chris Hemsworth, because I take Pilates with Katie and Mudge. Wait, what? Yeah. I take classes over Zoom, safely, from the comfort of my home. No need to deal with parking, driving, or wearing a mask. And most importantly, no need to pay for a sitter. All classes are designed around small spaces with minimal to no equipment needed. But best of all, 
It's pressure free. But clearly, you look like an athlete. But I didn't start like this. All classes are driven towards all abilities. Modifications are given for beginners to those that are more advanced. Katie, aka Coppertoned Cat, is amazing at what she does, and everybody is dripping sweat by the end. Where do I start? Well, pick your poison. 45 minute mat Pilates, 30 minute sculpt hit Pilates. There are 15 minute stretch classes. You can sign up for affordable private classes and really just build your week with Katie. Sold, sold. What do I do? Head over to katiehorning.com. That's K A T I E H O R N I N G.com. I just signed up for Pilates on Tuesday. The damage that was done, probably by those those tests, unbelievable. And you yeah. were basically unlocking the. I mean, you, the prison review promises what, like a two hundred point gain or something. Yes, and we delivered most of the time. I, it was actually a really great feeling, and it's particularly because I, I taught. This is by the. I taught in two different um, regions in Los Angeles. I taught in Diamond Bar, which is uh, which is out the ten. It's and it's a predominantly Asian community. Mm -hmm. And I taught in Beverly Hills, and the Diamond Bar group was extraordinary. And those those kids were so motivated, and they really would go up 150, 200 points. And the delight that they experienced um, was, you know, palpable. They 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 were so grateful, and they were so hardworking, and it really paid off. And I felt great about myself. And the Beverly Hills. <laughs> group i'm sorry to say was exactly the opposite these kids were there it was, there was an entitlement these were that's where i got the two bribe offers sure, yeah that's where um kids wouldn't pay attention they didn't do the work they were pissed the the, the parents were obnoxious who would complain because their kid who had done no work saw no increase in his score and i'm like you know i can't <laughs> there there is a little bit of a <laughs> two-way street here that um And it was just—it was a very interesting insight into. Uh, These are the same people who like to do a personal trainer and expect them, the trainer, to work them out. To to magically yeah. somehow sculpt their body while they sit there eating a donut. Yeah, put muscles on yeah. me. <laughs> I'm. I look the same as I did last week. You're terrible. You're terrible. You are failing. This is off topic and it's not even a segue, but I, I heard Bob say that his ex-wife, he has an ex-wife just like you, and she was a producer just like yours. Yeah. That's oh. so funny. What if our two ex-wives worked with each other? It's possible. Mine, mine worked in commercial production and, and got out of the business. She does real estate okay. now. So. But I just yeah. thought that was really funny that you both Look married producers. We're all alive. I know. I got married uh, pretty much right out of college. You? No, I, my first marriage was, and it was only three. It was only we only lasted about three or four years. That's we didn't us. have any kids. Um, yeah, three. Yes, kids yeah. or no kids? No kids. No, no kids. kids. No kids. Okay. Um, so it was great. And are you friends with your ex-wife? Do you do you communicate with her at all or no? Not anymore. Not anymore. But okay, we're all friends. We're all on social media. Yeah. Um, well, since we're no, chit-chatting, we do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a super freaky story? Yes. That's what we're here for. Duh. So my ex-wife. Um, wanted to uh, desperately have a child, and she did not have um, anyone in her life, and she was getting in towards her late 30s. And so she decided to go the in vitro route, and she um, became would come over because she and I were very good friends. She became extremely close friends with my current wife, and she would bring over um, like the um, when you're checking when you're looking for like. Uh, potential donors, um, you get like voice samples and mm -hmm. some information to comb through. And so she would show us the prospects um, that she was uh, looking at to, to be the donor. And my present wife was her birth coach um, when she delivered. And she That's so great. Ab absolutely gorgeous, brilliant, perfect 10-year-old um, girl now. Who And we're all very, very close. And my mother still can't figure it out. <laughs> Well, mothers never can. That's so great. That's, that's so weird, but it was great. It was great. I mean, it was the best of all worlds. We didn't work as a couple, but we work as amazing friends. And um, and I just, you know, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Anyway, I, I thought you were where I thought it was going because you that you you had, said it was a freaky story. So I was like, I thought you just uh, you, you thought I was going to be the donor. I thought you were going to be the donor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I that was like that's too big chill. Yeah, it's very yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Jason's ex-wife and I became friends online first and we all lived a block away from each other. So like it was weird and, um, and it was not planned. And we found out that we all lived about a block away. And uh, so we were like, let's do coffee. Let's do lunch. And then I realized that I had given up my um, dinnerware, my coffee mug, because he had, a, need two sets. he had a really nice set. Yeah. And I found out it was from their wedding. And I was like, oh shit, she can't come over for coffee. I can't serve her coffee in her, <laughs> on her beautiful crate. On, on, on her old set. Mm-hmm. All right. Now here's a question. Did you, did you go through, was it a particularly, um, amicable separation? You guys oh, said, you know what? I'll take this. You take this. Totally. And, uh, we sat oh, down next to each other at the computer, brought up legalzoom.com. Yep. Did it all ourselves. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I really, I feel so, so sad because I think we are in such a minority and you see what some couples have to go through and it's just, it must be heartbreaking. At, at that time, I was working at a forensic accounting firm who's uh, our primary, um, like 70% of the business we did was we were experts, expert witnesses for divorces. Oh. So... I was very heavily in the divorce industry. Oh, is this is this where you find you actually find out what the real assets of the other party That's are? Exactly so you can right. like they, they're trying to hide all their assets, yep. hide stuff, and you like okay, yeah, yeah. That's dirty. I bet. Too. Oh, was, oh, god! It was it was a toxic environment for so many reasons, and and you I, were an actor, and I yeah. <laughs> what were you doing there? I started this temp. <laughs> Yeah, from Apple One. I started as a temp from Apple One. I got um, within three months of, 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 and I started at the front desk, like doing case intake. Um, Mm -hmm. Within three months, I was promoted and put into the IT department. Two months after that, the other guy in the IT department left, leaving me as the entire, so I became the head of the IT department. I turned out, did an okay job with that. And by the end of my first year, I was promoted again to the, being the managing director of the entire firm. Wow. This is 100, 115 people accounting firm. This is also I mean, coming back full circle back to what we said earlier on about when you were when you show just a little, just a little, little bit, little gumption. That's all don't to, you don't have to show that much. They're like, oh my god. And they let you go on. He's, that. he's wearing shoes. Yeah, yeah. brought my shoes every day. Granted, over time, my shoe wear kind of yeah. fell off. But you uh, weren't wearing white socks, so they were like, "Good." Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, they, I, I went on auditions. I um, I did it all. I did it all. Not that many, but yeah. I booked a couple of that uh, smoking cessation oh, yeah. commercial. Yes, know? which which I thought was wonderful, by the way. Well, it's I'm I'm running with a dog with a smile on my face. I, I'll do that commercial today. Uh, <laughs> your commercial was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, your, uh, thank you. Your, were you ever were you a real smoker? Yes, you were. Yes, did I you was. have to be yeah. to get that job? No, no. Uh, in fact, there was no smoking required in the job. Um, and it was unrelated, but I smoked. I smoked for twenty plus twenty five years, I think, for, from college until yeah, my forties. Well, it was cool back then. It was, it was cool. I, it didn't I, didn't hurt you. And I I, uh, oh. I I had to be a real ex smoker for that commercial. Oh, you really did? They actually had you ask uh, made you ask a question. Yeah, if you look at it again, you'll see it's got my name, my real name on there. Ah, That's crazy. so they don't because these are not actors. Yeah. They got, Except they sort of are, but we're they are, but, but yeah. kind of not. I mean, my story right. was embellished, but but the bottom line was I was an ex-smoker. That was did, I didn't notice it. Did it say uh, these are these are real people and not actors? It did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, I did that commercial while I was there. I did that. I got my very first um, job on, um, on Oliver, Oliver Bean. Bean while I was there. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, so. So when did you when did you land in when did you both land in Los Angeles? So I came here in '96 for college, okay. and then you know college through 2000. So I never left, but I don't count like being on campus and being off camp and and being out in the world 
actually. Good, totally different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So 2000. Yeah. So officially kind of like 2000 is when you started. Yeah. 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 And I came out from college in 2002. 2000. From Michigan? Yeah. 2001, 2002. I was working in the news and um, I was working for uh, NBC News Detroit affiliate. And I just hated it. I was just like, this is yeah. the worst. Um, yeah. And it was fine. It was fine as an intern in college to work in news. And that was, you know, my parents were like, well, you should be a journalist because it's basically acting, but you get paid and you're guaranteed a job. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, um, yeah. just kind of... whatever you say. Uh, but after a little bit of time there, I just, you know, I woke up at five in the morning because I had to be at the station at six and I spent the morning throwing up. And my dad said, well, if you're really un that unhappy, why don't you just quit? So I called that morning and said, I quit. And I packed my car and came to LA after a, like the next morning. So in 24 hours, I went and got a trip tick from AAA, a map wow. to yep, stop where I, I could stop. And I packed what would fit in my Ford Tempo and I just left. It's a solid vehicle. It was solid. You got here. I got here. It was very oh, cool. Yeah. Did you get, uh, you, you probably here for Thomas guides. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We were just, we just had a big conversation about Thomas guides and people remembering what, you know, everybody, everybody knew exactly what page they lived on. 593, 563. Don't remember. Some people were in the 633s, but I thought they were a little Tony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never found the page. I, I feel like I moved too often in the first really? years that I was here. But do you remember, I mean, I, the, the idea, I remember driving, trying to find some party in the Hollywood Hills at night, looking at print that is literally like a three-point print as you're going around. I mean, how were any of us are alive? You didn't now? even it's have a phone, a flashlight on your cell phone no, yet. You and you're just like, and you're kind of going in third gear or whatever. I'm, and I'm shifting because I got a manual. It's like, But I don't understand who thought of that. Like, because we've said it before on this show, you start on page four and it goes at the, when you read the map, it goes, don't go to the next page, go to page 671. No. And you're like, that's to the West. Right. Exactly. I don't. And did you have, did you have anybody, did you know anybody who was so wealthy that they had the laminated version of the Thomas? Shut Cone? up. No. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I saw it. I just, I, I, I wasn't allowed I to touch it. But it was there. <laughs> It really did exist. It was like H. Panage was laminated, so it didn't get all dog-eared and and, and and tear out of that um, spiral binding. Yeah, that spiral it binding. I feel like that's I not for wealthy people. That's for cab drivers. When we <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, fair, fair point. Do you remember my Thomas guide was in pieces in the trunk? Yeah. I had, it was, he was like, what are you doing with this? And I was like, I never could use it. Like, it just wasn't like, yeah. just in pieces in my trunk. Just, well, it's like our son's math book. You just pull the page out that you need today. Yes. It was really, I was, I was glad that there was MapQuest online and I would just print the directions yeah. from MapQuest. Oh, and then you could print it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was my big thing. Uh, I know this is, we've got some fascinating information that's coming out in the show. <laughs> that um, Did you know that cartographers uh, put a dummy street in every map? No. Um, and that's their version of a copyright. What? Because... That way, that because if somebody just like photocopies it and says it's their map, you go, no, no, it's not because this street doesn't exist, and only I know that. See, I feel like that's your dummy, dummy street in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you, you don't think I can back that up? This is this is this is how this you're gonna prove that it was actually Bob Clendenin on this episode and not some other person. I feel like that's really cool information. It is. It's I. Now, I don't know if that's that still exists in today, but that was the way the old guys used to used to copyright their maps is they would put some some tiny piece of fake information in there. I mean, like who's going to copyright their map and how do they find out about like where's the money? Interesting. This is all very interesting well, to me right now. I mean, we're going to have to get a next cartographer on the show so we can Delphi. You probably, when you made your trip from Michigan, you probably didn't. You have to go to AAA and get the yeah, and, and pick up the map. Pick up the triptych map, yeah. So, like the Thomas guide had the spiral, but like you open it and it has first they they print out the exact route you're going to go for you, uh -huh, and then uh -huh. at the back is the map that folds out. Yes, yeah. correct. And and or or if you went to a gas station to pick up a map when you yeah. arrived in Fresno, you had four or five different selections. You know, you had the roadways one or the oh, or true. the so you so they were all competing, and I think all those people had to 
have their own maps. They, you can't. There wasn't just a general map that you could be like, okay, now I'm 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 a map maker and here's my map. You like you had to. We know a famous map person. Get him on the show. What, what was his dad or his grandfather was the oh, map man. person? Yeah, the Rand, big... Rand McNally or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was crazy. I gotta look that up. That would be great if you can get Rand and McNally. It's like, <laughs> but but getting them back together is like Simon and Garfunkel. It's never going. Well, they're happen. both arguing over a street that doesn't exist. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> I know. I was just gonna say that's the that was that's the perfect outro. <laughs> that was really good, Bieber. Hacha! <laughs> that's why I'm on the show. I'm gonna hear about that all night. <laughs> Right thank you thank mm-hmm. you feeling pretty good about it um, i would like to ask you yeah um yes. a job related question this is back to sat prep but it's kind of the same question i asked about um about working at the muffin factory i'm sure especially you know less so with the diamond bar kids more so with the beverly hills kids you were working for some kids of some parents who potentially could have been helpful to you in your aspirational career yes and i'm wondering if those lines ever crossed or blurred or if you ever saw any opportunities there that you were able to seize on i i did very specifically there was one very specific one um was i was a private tutor for a girl who was the daughter of tom warner yeah you remember carsey warner warner Carson Werner did every single show in the 90s, and I think Roseanne was theirs, and 70s show, and everything. And um, she was a delightful kid, and I would go to their house and tutor. Um, and I just chose to never make it um, an issue because I'm not good with that stuff. I'm not good at personal, at selling myself, and I didn't want it to be awkward. Um, so they, I mean, they knew what I did. Um, but I did, I wasn't handing out headshots or saying, Hey, is there any chance I could, you could give this to casting or anything like that? I didn't, that just makes me very uncomfortable. And so as a personal choice, I just never did. I just never did it. I'm the same way. And I think that there's, Uh, there's us. And then there's the two kind of people that do that. One, the people that make it like, Oh, do not ever hire this person. Like that is, you know, and then there's the person that's like the Johnny Depp of it. And you're just like, yes, you are going to be on everything. I'm so glad you asked. I'm so right, glad exactly. you can't do that. Yeah. Years and years later, I did end up doing a bunch of Carsey Warner shows. And I remember Tom seeing Tom Warner at a, um, at a run through and I went up and introduced myself and he, he didn't. And I said, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to be Carolyn's tutor. And then he said, Oh my God, of course. And so we had to laugh over that and, that was nice, but like, um, and that's you know, good because that, that, was... that like hammers you home with him, as you know, he it builds a personal relationship. But once he sees you as an actor, yeah, right, right, and I just didn't, you know, and it's all such a personality thing though, because there's some people who can do that so well and so effortlessly, um, and I'm just not one of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not like it's there's any shame in it because that everybody in this town is is there doing that. You know, we, everybody knows that there's they've got their side hustles that they're that they're working until something ha- you know something happens. So there, I don't think there's any shame in it. It's just a matter of what you can kind of personally stomach doing yeah. and just and still feel good about yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you've had that a couple of instances because Jason uh, has his own IT company now. And he gets called in to studios sometimes, but also to big producers or directors. Um, We're like, what's the best way to promote myself as an actor to this client? I'm like, don't Uh, do it. You can't. You just keep your mouth shut. That's it. It it, I mean, have you found it is very weird that there's, I mean, you also see people, um, you know, working as PAs, like, on a film or whatever, and you and you know, and they're actors, and everybody knows they're actors. But like, you just have to. You're supposed to sort of keep that kind of part of your life separate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, even extras. They tell you not yeah. to like promote yourself as an actor when you're cast as an extra. When you're working, when you're working or, or as, as a stand-in or something like that, which is so weird to me. Just, we, yeah, um, because I'm like, well, what do you the, think they're doing here? What? 
or even <laughs> yeah, this, is a, this is not the end point. No, I've had a couple friends yeah. that have worked as steadily as stand-ins on shows, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. you're supposed to just be a stand-in and that's it. Don't talk about your mm-hmm. acting career. Don't promote yourself as an actor. Like yeah, if but, something comes up, well, we'll talk about it. The com- but you know, they took they took the occupation quiz and it said stand-in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be a stand-up. I had high hopes, but I guess I'm a stand-up. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's an awkward business overall. Like, yeah, it's just it's, an awkward it business. It's awkward and weird and stupid, and there's no rhyme or reason. And it's just and it's changing constantly. That to me is very exciting right now. But is how, especially, I mean, COVID, I think, is going to change it. Uh, Remarkably, I don't think things are going to go back to normal at all, even if we all go back to normal. I think the industry itself is going to change considerably. Yeah. I feel like a big reset coming. Like it hasn't yeah. reset yet, but I feel it coming. I mean, I guess I have. But I think the, reset, the reset's not going to be, I don't think the reset's going to be bear much resemblance to what it was in February of 2020. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people love self-tape or I think self-tapes have been really advantageous for both casting and for most actors you know and i think that you can you can net we're getting closer and closer to being able to live in austin but still be an la actor you know it's like there's all sorts of i think avenues that are going to be open now that we didn't quite see before we're all willing to travel to town once we've got the job yeah for sure yeah 100 percent. yeah it's so interesting I was going to, um, oh, no, lost it. Had a question, lost it. Yeah, it'll come back. We'll, for, well, we'll do it on show three. We'll do yes. We're gonna oh, do- no! <laughs> <laughs> no, we are going to do a podcast reunion show, and, like, many of um, the actors who read for us, which we are shopping right now, um, yes. Extended Stay, uh, have been on the show coming up in season four. So we should have the cast of our reading on as our reunion show. Yeah. It'd be very, be a lot of people on one episode. Well, we'll do just a couple of them, <laughs> but it would be like, uh, which I enjoyed immensely, by the way. Thank you. We're so glad. We're Thank so you. glad. Uh, that was a blast. You. And that was our first. Yes, that was great. Thank you. We're, we're, we're very proud of it and we're uh, we be. optimistic for it. Yeah. 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 Can we ask Bob if we can just attach him to our... Here, partner? live on the radio? Yes. It's like asking him to marry us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it just you? Attached to the show? All and our closest family. 100%. 100%. Um, as, the, as, the, as the desk clerk? As the desk clerk, for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. That's right in my wheelhouse. You know that. Yeah. I would absolutely do it. Of course. Yeah. Yes. When we were writing it. This is a Bob <clears throat> role. <laughs> Oh yes! Oh, without without hesitation. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Well, I don't think we should keep going. Yeah, we should end the show. We will. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. End, it now, end it now before something goes wrong and everybody has second thoughts. Hey, Stickle. You remember that Amazon Alexa Super Bowl ad? Mmm. The one where Michael B. Jordan is unbelievably hot. Um. Yeah, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I was really thinking of it as the one where the outrageously funny Dwayne Colbert plays the husband. Yeah, totally remember it. Good, because Dwayne's going to be on the Make That Paper podcast next week. Mm. What the hell, Jamie? Mm-hmm.